Pastor Varun and Pastor Don Lahaprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. So why don't we go on with the preaching from last Sunday. We continue. If you did not listen to the first session, please go on the internet. Uh, the podcast of New Hope International Church, and you can download the MP3. Definitely, as a father of the church, I feed you. Definitely, I try to help you the best I can. But you need to do your homework. You need to listen to the sermon. You need to read the Bible. You need to take care of your own spirit. If you eat two to three meals a day, because you know that if you don't eat, you will be weak and exhausted and tired. The same thing, your spirit needs to be fed by the Word of God. You need to feed yourself. Get the MP3, download. On Friday, one of my patients came to me and said that she downloaded everything from our church website. And she listened to every sermon. When I listened to that, wow, I hope my members do the same thing. That they will listen to every sermon in the church and get into the Word of God. Amen. We have everything available. Last Sunday, we were talking about salvation. We were talking about the falling away from faith. I know that this subject is quite difficult to swallow, quite difficult to listen to. But because of love, we need to warn each other. Don't take this message as condemnation. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not God. I cannot judge anybody whether you go to heaven or not. I cannot tell how much reward you will have in heaven. I cannot tell who's going to go to hell, who's going to go to heaven. It's not my job. My job as a pastor is to educate you, is to vaccine you with the truth so that you will not fall away from God, from the truth. Amen? The Bible said demons even confess that Jesus is God. But demons are not going to heaven. It means that even though you confess that Jesus is God, it doesn't mean 100% that you're going to make it to heaven. Because God will not just look at your mouth what you say, but God is going to look at your lifestyle, look at your life, look at how you walk with God. And your real faith will come out into your action. Faith without action is dead. That's why we need to be careful. Don't think that you're going to be saved, you're going to be in heaven, but you live wicked life, and live like a devil. So last Sunday, we were talking about the word of Jesus Christ when he say in the Bible, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I explained last Sunday that Jesus was talking this sentence to the old believers who cast out demons, who prophesied. And he said, that, I never knew you. And then I explained that God knows everybody how many hairs you have in your head. It doesn't mean that way when Jesus say, I never knew you. It means that I never know you intimately. How do you know that God knows you intimately? The Bible says he knows you intimately when you love him. And how do you know that you love him when you obey his commands? Amen. So you can look at people's life and you can tell that person really know God or not. We cannot just listen to what people say. We need to look at their life, how they live. And I read the scripture that there are some Christians who are like Judas. 
that came into the church and initially loved God, and eventually demon come in and start to deceive, to walk in the church with hidden agenda, try to seek personal benefit, and eventually walk away from relationship with Christ. And these people will not make it to heaven. And we read some Old Testament scripture to show you that it's possible that a person can lose salvation. I know that many denominations teach people that once you save, you always save, and you will never lose salvation. But I don't agree with that. I believe according to scripture, and I'm going to read a lot of scripture today to show you that this is not Pastor Lau's idea. This is not my own doctrine, but it's in the Bible, and it's very clear. And not only the doctrine that is in the Bible, but also the early church, the first 300 years of the early church, all the disciples, including the disciples of John and Peter and Paul, say the same thing. Last Sunday, we read certain scripture. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 16, a man who wanders out of the way of understanding, a man who used to walk in understanding of God, wanders away out of understanding, shall abide in the congregation of the spirits of the dead. This is Amplified Bible. So anybody who used to walk with God and turn away, wanders away from the way of God, the Bible says that spirit and that person will abide in the congregation of the spirits of the dead. Where is that place? the eternal lake of fire, the spirit of the dead, not the spirit of the life, people who dead in sin. How many people heard the word, the book of life? What is the book of life? The book of life is the book in the hand of the Lord that records the names of people who will enter heaven. When you get saved, when you give your life to Jesus, repent of your sin, your name will be recorded in the book of life. Philippians chapter 4, verse 3, Paul talked about the Philippian church. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they work hard with me in telling others the good news. They work along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. So Paul talked about the book of life. When you are saved, you are born again, truly born again, your names will be recorded in the book of life. Revelation 20 verse 15, And anyone not found written, not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. If any person's name is not written in the book of life, his destination is in the eternal lake of fire for eternity. Now look at one more scripture. Is it possible that God will erase or will wipe out or blot out the name of a person who was already written in the book of life? Can a person who is saved genuinely one day walk away from God and have nothing to do with Jesus and don't care about what Jesus says anymore? That name can be blot out from the book of life. Look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, and read from New King James Version and Amplified Bible. He who overcomes shall be clothed with white garments. So Jesus tried to say this, that we all going to face temptations. 
we're going to face trial and hardships in Christian walk. And you either lose or you overcome. You either walk with God to the end or you follow the way of the devil and fall away from your faith. But if you overcome, I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Look at Amplified Bible. The Bible says, Thus shall he who conquers is victorious be clad in white garments, and I will not erase and blot out his name from the book of life. Is it possible for a person named, a born-again person who walk away from God and whose name is blot out from the book of life? Yes. A person can lose his salvation. Amen. Now, I want to share with you a writing from a man. He is a pastor, an evangelist, and teacher in the body of Christ. His name is Pastor Kenneth Hagin. I really honor this man. He wrote a book called I Believe in Visions. This man built a Bible school in Oklahoma. 24,000 people graduated from that Bible school and planted church all over the world. He wrote many books. I learned a lot from this man about faith, about healing. About 55 million books were sold in the world. He affected many lives, including me, myself. I went to his church one time, and I got touched by this man. He laid hand on me. So this man definitely was used by God for many, many years before he passed away a few years ago. In this book, he wrote about a vision that he saw Jesus in 1952 before I was born. He was preaching in five weeks of revivals, meetings, and the Lord Jesus appeared to him. In that book, he said, when the Lord appeared to him in the vision, you know what vision means? A vision means a picture or something you see while you are awake, not while you are sleeping. In that vision, Jesus showed him a pastor along with the pastor's wife. This pastor and the wife were serving God, spirit-filled, loved God at the beginning. And in that vision, the Lord showed to Pastor Ken Higgin that the wife one day get deceived by the devil and began to think that her beauty and her talents had been wasted in the ministry and that she should go into the world and make money in that vision. And this is all true story. Actually, that woman really eventually divorced her husband, the pastor. So in the vision, he saw that the woman divorced the pastor. And then Pastor Ken Higgin said, I should pray for her. Then the Lord answered to Pastor Kenneth Hickin specifically, do not pray for her. This command really troubled his heart. Why can't I pray for her? Because she's going to backslide. She's going to walk away from the faith. The Lord specifically said to him, this lady was a child of mine. And Kenneth Hickin said, Lord, what will happen to her? The Lord replied, she will spend eternity in the region of the damned, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. In the vision, Brother Kenneth Hagin saw her going down into the pit of hell. He heard her awful scream. Brother Kenneth Hagin asked the Lord, This woman is your child. Lord, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. She was a part of the ministry. You say that I cannot pray for her. I cannot understand this. The Lord reminded by the following scripture. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 16, the Lord reminded Pastor Kenneth Hagin, if anyone sees his brother 
sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask or he will pray, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. This is talking about in the church that if somebody commits sin that is not leading to death, there is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. Every Christian is still sinning. I sin too, but I'm not sinning the sin that lead to death. For example, maybe I have bad attitude toward my wife. I yell at her, and then I repent. And somebody maybe warn me, pray for me, and I repented, and I come back to reconcile to my wife. That is not the sin that lead to death because the blood of Jesus Christ covered for me. I'm saved. I just stumble and fall down and get up, back up again. But it's a sin that lead to death. That is the sin of rejecting Jesus, denying Jesus, walking away from Jesus, and have nothing to do with the Lord. That is the sin that lead to death. And God say, those people you cannot even pray. And I will read another scripture. You will see. So brother Kenneth say, but Lord, I believe that you refer to physical death in the scripture, and the person is saved although he has sinned. Then Jesus responded, but the scripture does not say physical death. You are adding something to it. If you read the entire fifth chapter of First John, you will see that it is talking about spiritual life and spiritual death, and this is spiritual death. This refers to a believer who can sin a sin that is leading to death. Therefore, I say to you, I mean, this is what Jesus was speaking to Pastor Kenneth Hagin, that you, you should not pray about that. I told you not to pray for this woman because she's sinning a sin unto death. Then the book continued to say, Brother Kenneth Hagin said to the Lord, Lord, this really disrupts my theology. Would you explain some more? Sometimes we need our theology to be disrupted because we have the doctrine of men, not doctrine of God. Jesus reminded Brother Kenneth Hagin with this following scripture, and I will read to you, Hebrews chapter six, verses four to six. Listen carefully, for it is impossible. Everyone say impossible. It is impossible for those who were once enlightened. Have tasted the heavenly gift, and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. If they shall fall away, everyone say fall away. It's impossible for these people who fall away to renew them again to repentance. Since they crucified again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame, this scripture is talking to the church. I remember one time I have a chance to discuss this scripture with a believer. He said that oh, this scripture is for the Jews; it's not for the believer, not for the Christian church. I said what? The Bible says in 1 Timothy 3:16 to 17, every scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's good for teaching, rebuking, training in righteousness for every believer. Every scripture is written for believers, not for only for the Jews. Amen. God say that it's impossible for this is not talking about a young believer. This is talking about somebody who already have been enlightened before, know the gospel, know Jesus Christ. 
and tested the heavenly gift. Maybe know how to cast out demons, how to preach the gospel, how to serve God in the church. Have the spiritual gift and become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Feel with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongue and have tested the good word of God. They know the Bible. They memorize the Bible. They know, read the Bible upside down. They know the scripture, these people. And they also tested the power of the age to come. They were touched by the fire of God. They experienced the glory of the Lord. When the fire of God touched you, you experienced the glory of the Lord in heaven. What happened? If they fall away, there's no way that this person will come back to God. Don't waste time to pray for these people. That's what the scriptures say. Again, this is not talk about baby Christian. Because sometimes baby Christian can act weird. Have you ever uh, seen a four-year-old kid who come to the parent and say, I don't love you anymore. Don't bother me. And you look at the kid, four-year-old kid, say, grow up, okay, grow up. You're still baby. You don't understand. The Bible talks about the one who knows the Lord and walk away willfully from God and have nothing to do with God again. And those people will spend eternity in the lake of fire. You say, Pastor, can you quote more scripture? I show you. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20. The Bible says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who are they? They are born-again Christians. Genuinely born-again Christians who have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge, through knowing Christ personally. They are again entangled in them and overcome. Entangled what? In sin. Overcome by sin. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Okay. From 10 minutes from now, I'm going to show you that the outcome, the end result or the punishment of Christians who know God and walk away from God and fall away from faith, the outcome will be worse than the unbelievers who never know God. The Bible says clearly that the latter end is worse than for them than the beginning. Look at verse 21. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it and to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. So again, verse 20 and 21 say clearly that people who know God and walk away from God, the outcome in the eternal lake of fire will be worse than those who never know God before. Pastor, can you dilute the message a little bit? I don't like to hear this thing. Could you please slow down, dilute? I cannot dilute the message. I have to preach the truth and to warn you that don't play game with God. Don't really allow any bad attitude to come into your life. Really check your heart, examine your heart every single day. Are you having any bad attitude? You know the devil is so cunning. He may not pull you away from the church and from Jesus right away. He will use tricky way. He may make you a little bit upset with the church, upset with the pastor, upset with the elders, upset with something in the church. Maybe somebody stepped on your toes. Maybe you don't agree with something. And then you build the bitterness. You build the anger on the inside of you. You may not lose your salvation overnight, but after a while you say, oh, I'm not going to go to church anymore. Man, all this 
people, they just bother me. So you quit going to church. Five years down the road, bam, you're back into the world and go to hell. That's how the devil, the devil will not come with a big gun and shoot you right away. He will lure you little by little by money, by sex, by internet, by pornography, by anger, bitterness, and he will do, or maybe discouragement. Maybe you are serving God and pastor never promote you, never give you any title, and you get mad at the pastor and you walk away from church and then you go downhill. Check your heart every single day. You know, this morning I woke up. God said to me, tell my people, if they can make decisions every day, love Jesus, love the church, and love the pastor, they are saved. Because if they cannot love these three things, they're going to walk away from the church, from Jesus, and eventually from the shepherd that God put over them. So you have to watch your heart every day carefully. Let me read more scripture to show that what Peter said was not only his idea, but it's all over the Bible. Look at Jude chapter 1, verses 11 to 13. Woe to them! Woe to them! For they have gone into the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perish in the rebellion of Korah. They these are spots in your love feast. Why they feast with you without fear? I will continue to read later on. Okay. Jude talk about people who claim to be Christian in the local church. They are in the congregation. But one day, the heart become hardened. The love for Jesus is gone. The fear of God is gone. They start to walk in the church, come to the church with the wrong reason. The Bible Caught three person, and all these three person used to know God, used to have relationship with God. Cain, he learned about God from Adam and Eve. He knows about giving offering to God. Adam and Eve told him everything. He know God. And the second one is Balaam. You know, Balaam was a minister. He was a prophet of the Most High God, and he had prophesied correctly. He was really filled with the Holy Spirit and was a prophet. The third person was Korah. Korah was the priest in the congregation of Moses. He worked under Aaron. All these three people were serving God and have relationship with God, but they did not watch their heart. One day, they fell away. Cain began to please his own flesh, his own pride. Balaam wanted money, and Korah began to rebel against the pastor and talk bad about the pastor. All these people were in the house of God, were in the church. So we have to be careful. In the English word, we call apostates. Apostates are people who used to follow God and look like they still follow God, but they're out of their faith, and they still stand in the church. They still walk in the church and do things in the church, but their heart is far away from God. They don't love God anymore. They don't care about God. They don't care about the pastor, the church, anything. They just do their own things. This is the condition called apostates. And they are in the congregation. You look at Numbers chapter 16, verse 3, talking about Korah. Before God opened the ground and sucked him down into the hell, what happened? What he said? They united against Moses and Aaron and said, You have gone too far. When these people are rebelled against pastors, 
the whole community of Israel have been set apart by the Lord. Man, these people in the church, they talk Christian language, and He is with all of us. What right do you have to act as though you are greater than the rest of the Lord's people? Korah rebelled against Moses, and he tried to pull a bunch of people out of the church and rebelled against God. So you can see that these people are not having a relationship with God. How do you know that a person really loves Jesus, have a relationship with God? As I mentioned, very simple. Walking in obedience to Jesus. Love the church. I love the pastor. Amen. Do you know why you need to love the pastor? Because you don't see Jesus anymore. But Ephesians 4 says, God appoint the pastor, the prophet, evangelist to be the father of a church. If you cannot love even a person who can see with your own eyes, that feed you, help you, spoon feed you every Sunday, how can you love God? I start to doubt that you really love God. Because you cannot even love the man that physically, tangibly feed you and help you, pray for you. Amen? So how you know Korah is not loving God? He rebelled against Moses who took them out of Egypt and led them into the promised land, tried to lead the people into the promised land. These people walk in the church. But I tell you, these people are worse than people who walk into the church with alcohol bottle in their hand and still smoking in the church. They, they claim they are unbelievers. They are not born again. These people are worse. You know why? Because they act nice. They act holy. I know the scripture but they are like a cancer. They spread the bad news. They say wrong thing. They become example of the new believers and the uh, vulnerable believer in the church. And all these un- vulnerable believers look at them, oh, this is an example. You can do this, I can do it too. It's very dangerous, very cancerous in the church to cause a lot of people to fall away. And we need to be careful not to follow the example of these people who have the bad attitude and wrong heart toward God. Look at verses 11 and 12, continue to say. These are spots. You know what spots mean. Jesus said, I come back to the church without wrinkle, without spots, without blemish. So spots are wrong thing. In your love feast. Love feast is the dinner that they had together in the early church. So these people are in the church, okay? And why they feast with you without fear? What does it mean? These people have no fear of God. I tell you, I and Pastor Da really fear God. We don't want to play a game with God. We are trembling before the Word of God. But these people, they don't care. If people get hurt, if people backslide, they say something wrong, causing people to backslide. They don't care because they don't fear God anymore. They have no fear. Serving only themselves. What does it mean? It's about me, how I feel, my way. If not my way, I'm mad. It's going to have to be my way, my will, my vision. That's what they say. They are clouds without water. Clouds have water in it. It's the small, small, small water inside the cloud. What does it mean? These people have a good look outside. They can speak the Christian language, but on the inside, it's empty. No love, 
<laughs> Jesus said in the Bible that how do you know a person really know God? When that person love people. You can lie to anybody that you love God and you know God, but if you don't love people, you are not knowing God, and God doesn't know you either. Amen. So they can speak well, they can quote the scripture, they can teach the Bible, but they are like cloud without water. They have no love, carry about by the winds. There are two kind of winds in the Bible. The Holy Spirit wind will bring refreshment, will bring power and healing. There is another kind of wind, the wind from the devil. And the wind here means false doctrine. These people get excited about new doctrine. New books come out into the market. New things come into the market. They're excited. And then they start to argue with the pastor. No, you're wrong. My doctrine is right. And they cause trouble, cause division in the church. Because they just carry about by the winds of doctrine. Late autumn tree without fruit. These people have no fruit. How do you know fruit? Fruit doesn't mean that you can preach very well. Fruit means nature, personality, attitudes, motives, and lifestyle. You remember Paul say in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance. They don't have fruit. They don't have the character of God. They don't love. They don't have mercy for people. They just live like a non-believers. Don't, not only that, the Bible says twice dead. How a person can be twice dead? This is what it means. For example, 1987, I did not know God. I was blind. I was dead in spirit. If I die that day, I go to hell. 1988, I got saved. I have life. I know Jesus. Then, 19, uh, year 2009, I deny Christ. I start to be group of apostates. I just deny Christ. I don't care anymore what Jesus say. I don't walk in love anymore. I don't obey God anymore. I walk out of that relationship with Christ. I died again, twice dead. Lose salvation. Pull up by the roots. These people are like tree that just cause damage. Will never be born again. Don't even pray for them. Worse than non-believers. The Bible continues to say, raging waves of the sea in verse 13. These people will cause big damage to the local church, like a big wave coming to cause damage in the church, forming up their own chain, wandering star from whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. So at the end, the Bible says, these people will spend eternity in the blackness of darkness forever. And they will be in hell forever. Okay? And this is not what I say. The scriptures say. Now, Jesus said the same thing in Luke chapter 12. Let's look at Luke chapter 12, 42 to 45. Are you okay? I know it's a wrong teaching. I want to finish this teaching today. Luke chapter 12, 42 to 45. And the Lord say, I mean Jesus say, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant. So God called every Christian servant because we need to serve God. Amen. There are two kinds of servant. 
One servant is faithful. I pray that when Jesus comes back on the last day, on that day, he will see me leading care group. He will see me preaching the gospel somewhere in the world. He will see me treating my wife with dignity and honor. He will not see me backsliding and being in sin. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. So that person, faithful person, still serve God every day. Love God. Go to church. Read the Bible. Get involved. Love the pastor. Help building the church, building the kingdom of God. Amen. Truly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But, looking at the second group of the servant, if that servant, another servant, say in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk. Talking about the second kind of people who profess that they are Christian. They may at the beginning love God, but one day they began to have bad attitudes. Beat other servants. What does it mean? Taking advantage of people. Come to church to make money. Come to church to like, try to get a woman and eventually kind of abuse that woman. Come to church to beat other people. Or maybe beat other people with mouth, with email, putting bad things in the blocks to attack somebody. Beat other servants. Try to act like I know a lot and beat other people. And they don't care. They just eat and drink. They live for their own life. They don't really build the kingdom. They don't care how the church is going to be. If the church collapses, it's your problem. I don't care anymore. I just want to have fun. Jesus said in verse 46, The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him. Servant means those who used to be Christian. These people claim to be Christian because they are servant. And at an hour when he is not aware, will cut him into two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. The Lord Jesus was talking to believers of two groups here. The group of faithfulness and the group that one day began to abuse their salvation and abuse the grace of God. And God said, God will put this second group with the unbelievers. Where is that place? Eternal lake of fire. Amen. Some people say, Pastor, this is too mean. This is too hard for me to digest. I thought that I'm safe. I always safe. I can leave anything. I can sleep with my secretary. I can cheat. I can look at the pornography in the internet. I can gossip about my pastor. I can do anything. I don't care. I will be safe forever. I tell you the truth. It's not true. Because even though Jesus said in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But Jesus never said, you can leave him and forsake him. He will never leave you as long as you never leave him. But you can walk away from him yourself. So you have to be careful. Look at the end stage of these people, verse 47, and that servant who knew his master wills. These people know the Bible. And did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. And he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. In other words, I make a conclusion. Non-believers got punishment less than those who know God and walk away from God. The punishment in hell for those who fall away from their faith is much more serious than unbelievers. Why do I need to teach this? Because of two reasons. 
I'm gonna come to conclusion now. That at the end, I'm gonna read some of the word that people say um, in the early church time. But I want to make a conclusion. Why? The conclusion will be 15 minutes, not five minutes. The conclusion is. It's a long conclusion. Number one, I believe that we are closer to the end time. We are getting closer to the end time. Jesus is coming back. And this is what the Bible prophesies. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no one deceive you. By any means, for that day, that day is the day of the second coming of Jesus, will not come until the falling away comes first. Before Jesus come back, you may see some church empty. Some church maybe have 500 people, suddenly 200 people is gone. Don't be surprised that people leave the church. People leave Christianity. People just maybe just say, I can check other church for a while, but after 10 years, they never go back to church. They just use the reason to leave the church, to blame the people in the church. Unless the falling away comes First, and the man of sin means the Antichrist is revealed the son of perdition. God warned us clearly that the end time, a lot of people are going to fall away. That's why I say that this teaching is a vaccine to protect you, to say, wake up. Don't be in those groups that are going to fall away because you're going to lose your salvation. You're going to be in hell and the end condition of yourself is going to be worse than the unbelievers. Amen. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit expressly say that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Wow, scary. A lot of people will listen to all those winds of doctrine and start to argue with the pastor. You're wrong, I'm right, and then walk away from church and eventually fall away. Because they believe in the doctrines of demons. Many people will fall away. 2 Timothy 4, chapter 4, verses 3 to 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fable. Fable means wrong teaching or some kind of weird teaching. So the end time, people will love to be in a church where just light teaching, simple, tickle their ear, yes, God love me, God love me, I can live anything I want, I can just commit adultery, I can go cheat people, I can do whatever I want, God love me anyway, God still love me, no matter what I do, yes, God still love you, but God going to punish you. Because he is full of justice too. He is a God of justice and God of love. You cannot just pull out one character of God and quote that. Amen. So this kind of teaching they will not like. So don't judge the success of the ministry by the size of the church. Amen. Because church that preach the truth, people don't like to hear. Two things going to happen in the end time. Number one, a lot of people don't like to hear the strong teaching. Two, the love of people in the church will grow cold. Check your heart every single day. Are you walking in love or you're walking in hatred and in division and biting each other? Are you walking in love? 
are you enduring the strong teaching or not? Now let me read the writing of the disciples who learned from Peter, John, and Paul in the first 300 years of the early church. I read it quickly here. Look at what they say. Clement of Rome said, Let us then practice righteousness so that we may be saved until the end. It means we can lose salvation at the end. Clement of Alexandria said, Even in the case of one who has done the greatest good deeds in his life, but at the end has run headlong into wickedness, all his former pains are profitless to him, for at the climax of the drama, he has given up his part, giving up his salvation. Tertullian say, something that God is under a necessity of bestowing even on the unworthy, what he has promised to give. So they turn his liberty into his slavery. For do not many afterward fall out of grace. Is not this gift taken away from many? So Tertullian say, the gift of salvation was taken out from many. People lose salvation. Origen said, a man may possess and acquire righteousness from which it is possible for him to fall away. Irenaeus said, Those who do not obey him, being disinherited by him, have ceased to be his sons. So all these people say, you can lose your salvation. You may say, Pastor, sound like you are in the school of Jacobus Aminius. Jacobus Aminius is a theologian who was born in 1560, about 1,200 years after all this writing by the early church disciple. Arminius say, salvation is two-way. God's thing that he did for us and what we need to do. But Calvinists say, salvation is only God's thing. We don't have to do anything. It's predestination. It's all fixed. You don't need to do anything. I believe according to the scripture. We need to do our part. Not that we are saved by doing things, but we need to respond to God. We need to obey God. We need to walk by faith. We need to work out our salvation. We need to have fear and trembling before the Lord and don't abuse the grace of God. We need to do something on our part to show that our faith is genuine. Amen? The doctrine of unconditional, eternal insecurity is the doctrine would damage the body of Christ. Why? Because many people are going to backslide. Many people are going to go to hell without knowing about it. And not only that, I believe that this doctrine will go against what Jesus said in the Bible. You know what Jesus said in the Bible? Jesus said, change from glory to glory to glory to glory until you become like Christ. Jesus said that I will come back for the church without blemish, without wrinkle, a beautiful bride, white linen. About a year ago, I was changing my clothes from surgery. I was going home, changing my surgery, sweet clothes, and then suddenly the Holy Spirit showed up in that room. Thank God no one around there. And I was crying in the presence of God. In 1987, God came to visit me in my bedroom and said, could you please take care of my people as a pastor? I said, yes. We started the church in January 1988 in our basement. At that time, my calling was to pastor the church. 
A year ago, God came and said, "Can you do one thing for me?" I said, "Yes, Lord. I love you. I will obey you." And He said to me, "Could you prepare my church to be the holy, beautiful bride of the Lord Jesus Christ?" In other words, my job is not just to pastor the church. Now I get a lot of phone call and email to invite to many countries and nations to preach the word of God. God start to let me step out into the body of Christ. I believe now God want to prepare the church for the second coming. If we believe in the doctrine of unconditional eternal security, we will never have to do anything to become like Christ. Because even though You sleep with your secretary, you still go to heaven. But with the doctrine of holiness and stand before God to become the beautiful bride of Christ, it means we need to repent. We need to shape up our life. We need to walk in holiness. And thank God that in 1987, God allowed me to meet the file of God in a meeting, and that is the answer. I find out that a lot of Christians know the Bible. A lot of Christians try to be holy, but they cannot do it. Why? Because they lack the file of God. The file of God is related to preparing the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to be the beautiful, holy bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. The file of God is the thick presence of the Holy Spirit that come and burn all the junk, all the demons, all the bondage and sin in your life. It's like this. Let me explain to you. <laughs> But I want to really be clear to you why our church go this direction, because it's one thing to know the word. You know, you can memorize all the scripture. But, for example, you learn love your enemy, love your enemy. But You cannot love. You just know in theory, in doctrine, but you cannot do it. But the fire of God is like a hand going into a glove, and when that hand move, the glove move. If the index finger go up, the glove will go up with the index finger. That's why I love revival service on Friday night because that is the time that the hand of God gonna come into you, and You change you from the inside, that you don't need to force yourself to love people anymore. But it will become your second nature. That oh, I just love people. I just don't want to cheat people anymore. I don't want to take advantage of people anymore. I cannot lie anymore. Inside of me, the hand is moving. That you cannot do those bad things anymore. It becomes your Second nature, the nature of Jesus, come into you by the hand or by the fire of the Holy Spirit and change you from the inside. Then the church can reach holiness, reach perfection without blemish, without wrinkle, and without spots. I believe the end time church can be that kind of church. Amen. The fire of God is not just about laughter, crying, falling down in the Holy Ghost. Those things are just physical manifestation. It's not the real essence of the fire of God. The real essence is preparing the bride. Definitely, I need to preach the truth. You need the truth to hear. You understand what is right, what is wrong, but you cannot do it anyway. How many people sometimes struggle and frustrate that you cannot obey the Bible? How many people? But when the fire of God touch you, 
has second nature come in and oh I don't need to force myself to be nice to my wife anymore I start to speak nice to my wife I start to laugh in my house when my husband yell at me I just ha 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 you don't need to get mad and yell at each other and throw something toward each other anymore because the fire of God on the inside of you make you You become a new person by the Holy Spirit. That's why the devil hates it, hates the revival service, hates the Holy Spirit because he knows that this is the way to go in the end time. Amen. Let me read three more scripture at the end here. Jude chapter 1, 20 to 21. How many people want to make sure you go to heaven at the end? Okay. This is the antidote that you will not fall away. A few things I want to give you the antidote. Number one, look at verse 20 to 21. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. This scripture gives us four things. Number one, if, if you want to walk with God to the end, not falling away from God. Number one, you need to build yourself up in your faith. How? Listen to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Two, praying in the spirit means filled with the Holy Spirit all the time. Living a life yielding to the Holy Spirit. Don't live a carnal life yielding to your physical flesh, but yielding to the Holy Spirit. Three, keep yourself in the love of God. You walk in love. You love God. You love people. This morning, I called two pastors in Thailand. And you know, when I called, I don't even know their church name. I don't care. I just love them. I say, I love you. I cannot pray for you. Every morning, you check yourself whether you love God or not. So ask yourself, do I love Jesus? Do I obey Him? Do I love members in the church? Do I love my pastor? Do I love my leaders? Do I love people around me? You check yourself all the time. Do you walk in love? If you walk in love, you're not going to fall away. Four, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. What it means is you always think this way. Jesus may come back anytime. You remember Luke chapter 12, that servant thing that the master will delay his coming. My dear brother and sister, are you ready if Jesus come back at 1 p.m. today? Are you still living wicked life? You don't care. Some people try to get that salvation like just like this just just get into heaven like this they think this way i'm gonna live a wicked life i'm gonna live my own life i don't care what jesus say yes i'm a believer i confess jesus is my lord and savior and they just go out watching pornographic internet they play game with god they cheat they you know flirt around with women and they gossip about pastor and talk bad about people all the time destroy people's faith all the time doing bad things and they think that when they almost die, maybe in five minutes they're going to lose their heartbeat. They say, Jesus, forgive me right now. Please take me to heaven. Yes, it may happen five minutes. But how many times people die without knowing? This is car crash. Bam, die. You don't have time to repent. So don't play game with God. You need to think this way. Jesus may come back next minute. Jesus may come back tonight. Okay? 24 and 25, the Bible says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 8, 
He will keep you strong to the end, so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Depend on the help of God. Amen. God can keep you to walk with Him to the end, as long as you have relationship with Him and walk with Him. You will not lose your salvation. I want to end this sermon by saying this. To have salvation is the easiest thing to do. Thank God you are not saved because you have PhD, because you go to University of Washington. You can be a simple housewife. You have no education. You may not not know anything. You just believe in your heart, believe, and confess with your mouth that Christ is your savior, and you walk with Him, and you just obey Him from that day on. Have relationship with God. You will be saved. I want to say one more thing: It's very difficult to lose salvation. Very difficult. But can you lose salvation? Yes. Okay. We have to be careful. We have to watch our life carefully. I want to end by saying this: Don't be a Christian who just say, "Quesela, sela." Whatever will be, will be. Don't be that kind of Christian. I'm gonna stand here. Whatever happen, I don't care. I just kind of enjoy my life. No, I want to encourage. As long as I'm your pastor, I'm gonna keep bucking you every Sunday. You need to be this kind of Christian. I have the destiny. I'm gonna run my race. I'm gonna become more like Christ. I'm gonna become more anointed. I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna be better next year. I'm gonna move on to become more and more like Christ. I'm gonna be stronger in my faith. I'm gonna walk in more love. I'm not gonna stop here. Questela, sela. Whatever will be, will be. I press in. I'm gonna grow up. I'm gonna be use of God. I'm gonna be blessing to the nations. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I challenge you today, saints. I challenge you today to make that decision, because as long as you're going up, you're not going to go down. But you stop like a plane. How many people want to sit in the plane that suddenly stop? I don't want that. You know, I don't want to be in a plane that just suddenly stop in the air. You know what happened to the plane? Crash. The same thing. If you're a Christian, that just suddenly. Whatever will be, will be. You're going to crash. Amen. You have to press in. Keep moving. Keep fighting with the devil. Keep winning the battle. Get into the promised land. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm done. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I know you're ready for <laughs> barbecue now. I make you hungry. <laughs> Amen. Anyone in this room? I'm not sure that you're gonna make it to heaven. Maybe you are one of these apostates. You fall away from God. You say, "God, <laughs> after I listen to this sermon, I think I should repent and turn around and come back to God." Maybe some of you never really, really turned away from your sin, never born again. Today, I want to ask you to be born again, to repent of your sin, follow Jesus Christ, and start to walk with God in obedience. Any one of you. Want to make sure that you go to heaven? How many people want to make sure you go to heaven? Raise your hand up. You will make it to eternal heaven. Raise your hand up. 
Let me ask you, how many people want a million dollar? Oh, I see the hand go up right away. But how many people want to go to heaven? How many people want to have a big mansion close to the waterfront? Raise your hand up. Oh, me too. I want to have a big mansion close to the waterfront, but somebody else pay tax for me. How many people want to be in heaven better than the mansion? Raise your hand up. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Follow my prayer. Father in heaven, I want to spend eternity in heaven. I want my name to be recorded in the book of life. Lord, I repent of my sin. I want to follow you walking in love and in the fear of God. I want to press in to become more like Christ. From today on, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I will walk in obedience and follow Jesus. Put my name, Father, for sure in the book of life. Protect me from deception of the enemy. I want to get there to heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Again, check your heart every day. Don't fill your heart with bitterness, with anger, with wrong attitude, wrong motive. Just love God. Just love people. Amen. Just walk in love, and God will protect you to the end. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much.